I'm so glad to see you here today, whether it's through Drive-In Church or through Facebook Live or Dial-In Church. Uh, we've had a little technical difficulty this morning getting our regular camera up and running. Uh, so I hope that the quality is good enough for those of you gathered with us today on Facebook Live. It's good to see you today. It is the Lord who gathers us together. Uh, he is the one who is gracious and merciful to call us by name and the power of his Holy Spirit uh, to be his children and to gather as his family, uh, as we hear his word, as we sing his praises, and as we commit our lives once again to him. And today we go to a passage of scripture. It's John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. And I truly believe that these words are needed today. Our nation needs what Jesus has for us today. We, we come here, we gather here together, we have nothing. We have nothing in our hands to offer. We have nothing to give. But Jesus gives abundantly. Jesus gives to us more, more than uh, we could ever ask or imagine, so much more that uh, we can actually give it to other people. And I pray that we would give this good news to our nation and to our world today. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, as, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Heavenly Father, bless your word. Speak to us and give to us what we need today. The point of today's sermon is this. Because we thirst, because we thirst, Jesus gives us living water. And isn't it true? We thirst. We thirst. And I believe that today our, our nation and, and cities across our country are thirsting. And because their thirst hasn't been quenched by the Lord Jesus Christ, we're experiencing upheaval within our country today. So because we thirst, Jesus abundantly gives us living water. And he gives us living water in such abundance that, that we have enough. We have enough to give away to those who are in need. You've seen it. I've seen it. The news sites. We're living in a hurting world. We're living in a hurting world that is longing for living water that changes people. We, li we live in a thirsty community. We live in a thirsty nation. We live in a thirsty world. But thanks be to God and Jesus, we are filled with living water. Well, why living water? Why is it necessary that Jesus gives us living water? Because without Jesus, we're completely and we're totally dehydrated. Actually, without Jesus, we've already died of dehydration. Without Jesus, we're nothing but dry bones that need to be raised to life again. So Jesus gives us living water, and this living water that he gives, it makes us alive again. And without Jesus and the life-giving water that he gives, we're, we're really nothing, as Ezekiel says, but dry bones. 
dry bones laying in the valley of the shadow of death. Why does Jesus freely give us this living water? He gives us this living water because we need to be made alive again. And because others need to be made alive again. But did you know that, that many people don't have access to living water? They don't have access to living water. And that's why Jesus gave us Pentecost. We've been given Pentecost, this gift of the filling of the Holy Spirit. So that in the power of the Holy Spirit, you are filled to overflowing with more than enough living water to give to other people who are in need. And this is why we want the Holy Spirit to fill us today. This is why we need him to fill us today. Why do people thirst? People thirst because they don't have access to living water. Or there's another reason they reject the water. Maybe it's a denial of their thirst. It's definitely a rejection of Jesus. And that rejection of him leads to a deeper thirst. Why do people thirst? Well, they don't have access to living water. So we need to provide them that access through our witness or they, re they reject. They reject the only thing that can truly quench their spiritual thirst. So as they reject, what do we do? We continue to pray for them. We continue to hang out with them. We keep loving them. And we look for opportunities when we can share that life-giving water again. People don't have, they thirst because they don't have access to this living water. People thirst because they reject this life-giving water. And I believe there's another reason why people thirst, and I believe that you and I fall victim to this reason of why we thirst for living water. We thirst for living water because we choose to drink contaminated water. The water that we choose to drink is not Christ and his word. Um, we, we choose to drink from a source. That it looks satisfying. It looks appealing, but it will never satisfy a person's spiritual thirst. So people are thirsting because they're going to a contaminated source of water. I was hiking with some friends in the mountains. We found an abandoned mine. And out of that abandoned mine, there was uh, water that was flowing right out of that mine shaft. We were thirsty. We decided to drink from that water. And the water tasted good. We filled our water bottles up and we drank some more. It wasn't until much later that I found out that the water that we drank coming out of that mine was actually contaminated with arsenic. And if we had continued to drink that water day after day, if we lived and camped next to that source of water and drank it every day, eventually we would have been poisoned. We would have been poisoned. You don't want to drink contaminated water. What if I offered you a glass of water to drink and it looked good? It looked satisfying. But then I told you there's only one little drop of sewer water in it. Would you still drink it? I wouldn't. 
Brothers and sisters in Christ, what source are you drinking from? What are you bringing in? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Sometimes I need to flip off the TV, put down the book, tune into a different podcast. As I'm reading, my, my internal alarm goes off. I realize that as I'm reading, I'm, I'm drinking contaminated water. My conscience says, this isn't right. The Holy Spirit says, this is contaminated. And this applies to all areas of life, even theology. When I'm reading or listening to to something theological or, or biblical, I need to be careful to digest only those things that are in agreement with scriptures. And I want you to remember this. The most toxic content doesn't necessarily come from network TV or the internet or secular radio, but from the preacher's mouth. Did you know that the preacher can spew the, the most toxic and poisonous venom of all? So I beg you, don't automatically believe everything that I say. FYI, we're, we're not a cult. You're urged to question what I say, to, to research and to study, to judge if what I say is in accordance with the scriptures. And with that, I, I commit myself to diligently studying the word of God so that I can provide something that is truly pure and life-giving to all who hear me preach and teach and minister. We don't give unquestioning allegiance to anybody. We judge all things to see if they're in accordance with the scriptures, because when it's in accordance with the scriptures, then we know that it is pure, life-giving water that truly nourishes the soul. So I, I commit to you to proclaim Jesus Christ, not just any Christ, but the true Christ that scriptures deliver to us. It's the only source of living water. So people, people thirst because they don't have access to living water. They've never heard the gospel before, or they reject it. They, they, they've been presented with life-giving water, and they choose to reject. Or because they've been duped into believing that a contaminated source of water is the true source. Living water is found only in the word of God as it's preached and taught and shared in its truth and its purity. So Jesus says on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out in a loud voice. And he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me as the scripture, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now there's something else at work here. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that you have so much of Jesus? You have so much of Jesus that has been given to you today that you are empowered by his spirit to give it to others? That's why Jesus has filled you. He's filled you so that you can be satisfied with living water, but he's also given you more than you need so that you can give it to the world in his power and in his grace. 
And this really is what Pentecost is about. Pentecost is about being filled with the Holy Spirit for a mission. For a mission. And being a, a Spirit-filled believer means that you are an aqueduct of life-giving water. Your mission as a follower of Jesus Christ is to say to other people, I have found the source of living water, and I invite you to come and to receive this life-giving water too. You're an aqueduct of life-giving water because you have the message of Christ. You have the Holy Spirit, and you can deliver that to those who are in need. This is the purpose of Pentecost. Pentecost is about us being so filled with the Spirit that we cannot help but tell others of this good news. Now think of this. All people are, are welcome to the source of living water. People of every ethnicity, of every nation, are welcome to receive this life-giving water. Well, how does this fit with the mission of Maple Park Church? We have a vision. And our vision is summarized in three words. Three words, gather, transform, and go. We gather. And as we gather, we're transformed. And as we're transformed, we go as aqueducts of life-giving life water to a hurting world. So we gather. In the gather, we're nourished with living water. As we're nourished by living water, we're transformed by God's grace. And as transformed people, we go to others to offer this living water. You know, the gather is the blessing. The gather is the easy part. In the gather, we, we freely drink of the living water of the gospel. We freely drink of the grace of Jesus Christ. That's easy. It's easy to come and to receive by hearing the message. And we hear this good news. And as we hear this good news, we're filled with living water. And by hearing the message, we, we're actually being transformed because this is living water. It's living water that, that transforms us from the inside out. So the gather part, we're, we're simply passive. We just simply... Uh, hear and by hearing we receive and as we receive we're transformed by his grace so the gather is passive it's easy but but the go is the active part of living as a disciple of jesus not only do we gather to be transformed but then as a disciple of jesus after receiving after being filled we are to go into our world on mission, giving life-giving water, living water to people. So the go isn't to receive the life-giving water. Rather, it's to actively take life-giving water, to take life-giving water to the thirsty. So think of, of gathering such as this service as, as times of being filled with the nourishing life-giving water. But also know that we are so filled that we can actually go and be an aqueduct of this life-giving water to those who thirst today. But on the other hand, we should never go and give 
and minister and serve and work without pausing and gathering and receiving. You see, God gave us the Sabbath so that we would pause and gather and be nourished by his word so that we can be filled afresh and anew with his spirit so that we can go to the world with the gospel. God wants us to receive and to gather. He wants us to drink deeply of, of living water so that we can be transformed and go as servant disciples of Jesus Christ. And as we go and offer living water to those who thirst, more are gathered in, more are brought in. And they, they learned that, that Maple Park is a place where they can drink freely of the grace of, of Jesus Christ. It's, it's a water without cost. It's a water that gives life. It's a water that, that nourishes. It's the water of the Holy Spirit working through his word. Now, there's ever a time in our community there's ever a time in our nation and our world where living water is needed, it's now. You've seen the news. You know what's going on. Racism, murder, rioting, hatred. All of these things are symptoms of a deeper problem. And that deep problem is sin. And the only way the sin problem can be resolved is if sin is drowned and if it dies in this life-giving water. It's evident that we live in a broken world. But Jesus has given us living water. And this living water flows to us from one source. It flows to us from the cross. From the cross comes this life-giving water. Jesus has liberated us from sin. Did you know that your sins are forgiven today? All of your sins, the scripture says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your sins from you. Some people say, what if I don't feel like I'm forgiven? Oftentimes I, I feel that I'm not forgiven. Oftentimes I feel that I'm not worthy. But just because I don't feel forgiven doesn't mean I'm not forgiven. Because your forgiveness is a fact. Your forgiveness is written in the blood of Jesus Christ. This life-giving water has been given to you. And you are forgiven of all of your sins. Liberated from sin by his sacrificial death and resurrection. And through the cross, living water has been given to you freely and abundantly. And it's free. It doesn't cost us anything. It's free of charge to you. It's free of charge to every ethnicity upon the earth. Did you know that your commitment to do good works and your commitment to follow Jesus do not earn you this living water which washes away sin, nourishes, and empowers. doesn't matter how committed you are to Jesus or how many good works you do for Jesus. 
This living water is given to you without cost. It is free. It is yours. It is free to all who repent and believe the good news that Jesus shed his blood on the cross to wash away sin and that he rose from the grave for your eternal salvation. Stop trying to earn it. Stop trying to be so committed that you think that you can merit this gift because it's a free gift of God's grace. And brothers and sisters in Christ, hear me today. You have received this free gift. But now that you have received this, this free gift of living water and, and now that you are filled with living water, what kind of people should we be? How should we, how should we live now? Racism, murder, rioting, and hatred are all symptoms of a deep problem, a deep, deep problem, a problem that only Jesus can solve with living water. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is why we go with living water to this world so that our world can also be transformed to love to serve to give to be people of grace and mercy and of unity to a broken world recognizing these problems and believing that we are filled with this living water how should we live? Well, we live to go. We live to go. We go filled not with our own strength and our own power, not filled with our own message and our own ideas, but filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit to make a difference. To make a difference in a world that's filled with hatred, racism, violence, rioting, hatred, panic. And today, I, I really want you to do something with this sermon. I don't want to preach to you to no effect. I don't want to preach to you without any effect on our community. So you might be asking today, as you, as you watch these things and as you um, digest these things that are happening within our nation today, you might ask, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And, and to be quite honest with you, I, I don't know what to do either. But I do know these things. Something powerful has been given to me and to you. It is the Holy Spirit. So we start with prayer. What do we do? We pray for our nation. We pray for ourselves. We pray for our neighbors. Do you believe that prayer is powerful and effective? James says that our prayers are powerful and effective. And it's not because of our righteousness or our goodness. It's because we've been made righteous and holy by Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. It is time for the church to gather to pray. 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. So gather together, gather with your life groups, get on Zoom and pray, pray. I know this. I know that faith, hope, and love are some good things that God has given to us, but I know that the greatest of them all is love. So go in prayer and go in love. We are commanded by Jesus to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're commanded by Jesus to love our enemies. We're commanded by Jesus to even pray for those who persecute us. Love. Many of our neighbors are different than we are. They're of a different ethnicity than us. How do we love them? We seek to get to know them, to meet them, to listen to them, to befriend them. So seek to know your neighbors, to build friendships with your neighbors, to listen to them, and to find ways to serve them, and find ways to share your testimony of faith in Jesus Christ. If we don't know our neighbors, and if we're not building relationships with our neighbors, we're a part of the problem. And number three, share. So we're to pray, we're to love, and then we're to share. That is share life-giving water. Be a conduit of, the, of, the, of this life-giving water of the Holy Spirit. I believe that as you pray for others, as you love others, I believe that the Holy Spirit will give you opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ to share your testimony, to share who Jesus is, to share what Jesus has done, to share that which is truly the water of life, water that is living, water that changes things, water that affects things in powerful ways. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us this living water. Thank you for filling us with the Holy Spirit. So today we pray to you, one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are the only one who gives freely and eternally. We don't deserve any of your good gifts. We don't deserve anything good from you, yet you have freely given us living water. And we pray for our nation. We pray for our neighbors. We pray for our cities. We pray for our leaders. Help us, O oh Lord, to make a difference, to go as those filled with this living water, to give to our thirsty world what they're truly longing for. And we also pray for individuals who don't know you as Savior. Lord, if anybody's listening to my words today, I pray in Jesus' name that they would put their trust in you and begin this great adventure of being recipients of living water and of being transformed and of going. Send us, Lord, to them so that they too can drink this living water and so that they too can live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
It's at this time in our worship service that we usually take up our morning offering. And so just to remind you, uh, you can give to the Lord by using our Facebook page. On the top right-hand corner, there's a gift, give button. Um, and you can give to the Lord through that, or you can give to the Lord through snail mail. Um, and you can find uh, the church address um, on our website as well, or through Google. So let's, let's pray to the Lord at this time as we think of our offering to the Lord this week. Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you for this day. We thank you for this time in which we are able to hear from you and your word. And so, Father, we just pray now as we think of our offering this week. Father, we pray that you would use it for the sake of your kingdom, that people who are causing havoc in this world might come to hear about you and the marvelous grace and mercy you offer to all of us. Uh, not because we deserve it or earn it, but because of your love for us. So, Father, we praise you and thank you for this time, and thank you for all that you give to us, for all that we have and all that we give, or all that we have and all that we are belongs to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Let us turn to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to turn to you with our concerns and our hurts. And Lord, we do pray if there's someone listening this morning who needs your healing touch, whether it's physically, mentally, or spiritually, we pray that they would feel your love and your touch this morning. Father, we pray for the cities of Minneapolis, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Los Angeles, and here in Seattle because of what, have, what has happened over this past week. We pray for our mayors, our governors, our president, as they try to bring some sense of closure to the situations. Father, we pray for Pastor Andy Larson and his family as they don't live too far from what happened in Minneapolis. Father, we pray for protection for them. And Father, we pray that there would pl be plenty of opportunities for us to go into those places with the good news of great joy that is for all people. That Jesus Christ came to be their Savior and their Lord. And where there is hurt, there might be comfort. And so, Father, we pray that the love of Jesus would be shown to these people at this time. And, Father, we pray for David Willis, Vicki Brown's brother, as he recovers from surgery. Father, we pray for our missionaries as they serve in different contexts. We pray for wisdom on how to relate to those they are ministering to. We pray for their protection from harm and from sickness. And Father, we pray for our church leaders as we consider our next steps as it relates on how to move forward with our vision and in light of the governor's new guidelines. And so Father, we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Father, we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against